Crypto Theses for 2022, key trends, people, companies, and projects to watch across the crypto landscape with predictions for 2022. Ho, ho, ho. I'll keep this brief since the rest of the report is not. The thesis started as a tweet thread four years ago on New Year's Day. Along with the rest of the crypto industry, the report has exploded in size and complexity each year since. I write it for our team to highlight the amazing work they've done throughout the year and to synthesize the crypto chaos for any new hires. I read it for myself to organize my monkey mind and create a mental model for crypto and an index of the best available research. And, of course, I write for you. Whether you're a crypto novice or a multi-cycle veteran, I try to deliver a free, comprehensive 201-level crypto course with 101-level intros and links as an annual holiday gift to those who will find it helpful. In return, you get to yell at me for my typos, Thanks. Miss summarizing your favorite coins. Do better marketing. Omitting the 246 ranked asset by market cap. I'm not a short seller. And copy pastaing other people's ideas throughout. Good artist copy, great artist steal. A couple disclaimers before you dive in. Number one, the alpha in this report is free, and many have gleaned insights from past reports that help them make money, but nothing herein is investment advice. Be an adult. Number two, I stand on the shoulders of giants. In certain chapters, I borrow liberally from other authors who have already delivered amazing insight on a given topic. Nick Carter and Lynn Alden in the Bitcoin section, Punk6529 and Ben Yu in the NFT section, Watkins and Wilson and Mason and Roberto et al. in the DeFi, ETH and Friends and DAO sections, by Legie and Chris Dixon throughout. By reading on, you accept my terms of service, which includes the provision that any accidental plagiarism of the above-cited authors is unintentional and will be corrected ex post facto. Do you want a free report, or do you want MLA-level standards and the boredom that comes with mind-numbing citation? Number three, this beast took me 250 hours to write, 8 to 10% of my annual bandwidth. Every year, I secretly root for it to flop to spare me from the temptation of writing another one. If you like the report, you can thank the Masari team for running the business in my absence last month. They accept thank yous in the form of followers and pro subscriptions. I accept thank yous in the form of five to six figure enterprise subs and hub memberships. Number four, I own assets discussed in this report. My core holdings are disclosed at the end of chapter one, along with those of the rest of the Masari team. And any angel or liquid investments I have made to date are marked with an asterisk. No conflicts, no interest. This report caps an epic year for crypto and for Masari. In 2021, we grew the size of our team 4x and revenues 8x. We raised a Series A and launched a killer new product every quarter. Intel in Q1, our analyst hub in Q2, mainnet in Q3, and some new tools for DAOs that we'll be unveiling next week. Next year will be even bigger. We're hiring. A lot. And we pay 10000 per engineering referral if you know any good ones, or if you're one yourself. We're also doing something fun this year and auctioning off a bunch of theses-related NFTs for charity. Our Heroes collection includes artwork for the top people to watch this year. They'll get a special personal edition of the art as a keepsake, but the remainder are one-of-one one NFTs that we're auctioning through our partner OpenSea. Commissioner Pierce's NFT looks particularly rare. We also have a series of battle scenes in the collection that are pure fire. Thanks to Jean for the inspiring work and inspiration. This is an NFT test run for us, and we'll have more to come. You might want to buy an annual pro subscription to keep up with 2022 developments. Just saying. 
As always, I am humbled you would consider reading this report and appreciate... Oh, who am I kidding? This report is fucking incredible. And like Kanye at one of his concerts, I'm jealous you get to read it with fresh eyes because I'm honestly sick of looking at it. Happy holidays, prospero año y felicidad, and as always, wear a helmet. Kidding, kinda. Section 1, Top 10 Narratives and Investment Themes. 1.1, The Collapse in Institutional Trust. Why are you reading this? Maybe you're among the nearly half of millennials and Gen X investors who said it would take a miracle to retire. You're worried about skyrocketing public debt, not-so-transitory inflation, and what happens when we finally experience a hike in interest rates. For you, crypto is a life raft. Maybe you're one of the 70% of Americans who disapprove of Congress and no longer trust policymakers to do the right thing given that they spend recklessly and insider trade with impunity. You're looking for an alternative to central planners in D.C. and Beijing. For you, crypto is an exit vote. Maybe you're a populist from the right or the left that seethes knowing Wall Street faced no repercussions for fueling the last financial crisis and tends to profit from federal policies that punish their customers. Or you're worried about big tech's monopoly power, censorship, and control over your personal data. For you, crypto is a shot across their bows. Of course, you could just be into crypto for the fast money, memes, and JPEGs. That's cool too. Whether you're here as a missionary or a mercenary, you'll find that one of the primary unifying forces behind this movement is the belief that decentralized technologies with embedded financial incentives, a good shorthand for Web3, offer a compelling, often lucrative, alternative to our decaying legacy institutions. That brings me to my first prediction for 2022. Things will get worse before they get better in the real world. Inflation will remain above 5% throughout 2022, 70% confidence, while late-year interest rate hikes stall the stock market's momentum and hurt growth stocks, 60% confidence the S&P dips next year. That will be good for crypto short-term, but risky in the medium-term as more crypto companies and their users get deplatformed and censorship from Western tech and banking platforms accelerates amidst the Biden administration's crypto crackdown. Section 1.2 Crypto Web 3 is inevitable. That's one of the only bearish predictions in this report. Crypto, or the recently en vogue Web 3, is an unstoppable force long term. Chris Dixon calls it the internet owned by the builders and users, orchestrated with tokens. Ashita describes the Web 1 to Web 2 to Web 3 evolution as read only, read write, to read write own. Regardless of your preferred shorthand, it might seem intuitive that the user-owned economy will outperform the monopolist-owned economy in the long term. There's a lot to unpack over the course of this report, but the general theme is consistent. We're going from an internet built on rented land with monopoly overlords to an infinite frontier of new possibilities. On the frontier, crypto presents a credible revolution to all monopolies which is why its inevitability scares the incumbents. We have all the ingredients we need to succeed. We have talent. Brilliant, passionate, big-visioned young builders are flocking to the open design space of crypto in record numbers, often on their nights and weekends. We have capital. We've seen mammoth venture capital fundraises, crypto startup fundraises, and staggering growth in emerging liquid protocols across Web3 use cases. And last, we have timing. Critical infrastructure was installed during the last bear market that made it easier than ever, both socially and practically, to embrace this techno-political movement. In a recent post from Eric Peters at One River Capital, he argued that we live in a period of social upheaval. 
where young people are keen to invest in technologies that disrupt and potentially bankrupt older generations' preferred institutions while pushing investments that benefit themselves at the expense of the old guard. The best part about being young and broke, he says, is that you have little to lose. That's especially true when younger people view legacy institutions as exploitative. DeFi offers savers 5% versus Wall Street's 0.5%. Non-fungible tokens or NFTs give creators monetization opportunities without Hollywood's 50% plus rents. Open games and social graphs remove the 100% take rate from tech incumbents and eliminate deplatforming risks. I have 99% conviction that crypto will be an order of magnitude larger by 2030 because the user economics here are an order of magnitude more attractive. We're at the brink of a total transformation of the global economy, one that's bigger than mobile and maybe even the internet itself. Though I waffle on where we are in this particular cycle, the tailwinds remain strong and the capital markets flush, so my probabilities are split among three scenarios. One, most likely we experience a blow-off top before the end of Q1 2021, followed by a shallower but still painful multi-year bear market. Two, we rocket to $20 trillion bubble that lasts all year and sits on par with the dot-com boom in real dollars. Unlikely, but possible given accommodative monetary policies worldwide, never-ending government spending, and crypto's accelerating narrative momentum. Number three, we march slowly and steadily higher into perpetuity, the supercycle thesis. Ironically, the most bearish case here, Q1 blow-off top, may be the most bullish long-term and vice versa. Hyper-Bitcoinization and crypto's permanent ascendance at this stage of our development would only happen against a very dystopian backdrop indeed. 1.3. Bridges and Nifties and DAOs Web3 is a good, all-encompassing term that captures cryptocurrencies, those being digital gold and stable coins, smart contract computing, those being Layer 1 and Layer 2 platforms, decentralized hardware infrastructure, video, storage, sensors, etc., non-fungible tokens, digital ID and property rights, DeFi, financial services to swap and collateralize Web3 assets, the metaverse, the digital commons built in-game-like environments, and community governance, DAOs, or decentralized autonomous organizations. I expect growth everywhere across Web3, though three areas are particularly underdeveloped, NFT infrastructure, DAO tooling, and inter-protocol bridges. We're witnessing a Cambrian explosion of innovation within the NFT space that is just getting started. I'm not sure how much longer the market for individual NFTs can bubble up, but I do know that reliable and ubiquitous NFT tooling is largely missing. Marketplaces, financialization primitives, creator tools, community-oriented business models, and decentralized identity management slash reputation management systems are all in their infancy. That core infrastructure will be one of the hottest areas of investment in 2022. Same goes for DAO tooling, which is an existential need right now across crypto communities where voter apathy is reaching crisis levels and investments are taking far too long to process. If you take the 10-year view that open, token-governed marketplaces will replace companies as I do and recognize that their communities will need 100x improvements in collaboration tools in order to operate more efficiently than centralized competitors, and understand that every DAO treasury transaction is essentially subject to a board-level proxy vote today, then you can appreciate why 2022 will be the year of DAO tools. I've bet on it both in my personal portfolio and via Masari's bet the company move to build an operating system for Web3 participation. Last but not least, we have the core crypto plumbing, 
scaling and interoperability solutions. Ethereum's blockchain hit its capacity this year. Other layer one platforms have exploded 50 to 100x in value as investors bet on crypto development to parallelize across new ecosystems and absorb the excess demand. All of these new blockchains, plus Ethereum's layer two rollups, will need to talk to each other. So the most acute pain point in crypto today may be the lack of bridges. If the future is multi-chain, then those who build better cross-chain connectors and help move assets fluidly across parachains, zones, and rollups will inherit the virtual earth. If these all sound like foreign concepts, that's okay. NFTs, DAOs, and Layer 1 interoperability make up a third of this year's report for a reason. Section 1.4, the decoupling of cryptos. Different crypto sectors have different value drivers. We've gone from everything is a cryptocurrency to... Actually, there's currencies, FAT protocols, DeFi apps, distributed computing platforms, NFTs, work-to-earn market. Discerning investors increasingly look at the actual usage and underlying microeconomics of various networks and trade around their unique growth drivers. It's still a meme-driven market, but many of the memes are reflecting, dare I say, fundamentals? Ari Paul wrote one of the most insightful threads on the recent decoupling of crypto markets, saying... This is the cycle where crypto use cases unrelated to Bitcoins were finally validated and achieved meaningful adoption. In previous cycles, it made little sense to be a sector specialist in crypto. DeFi and NFTs were basically non-existent four years ago. Most other sectors didn't meaningfully exist as such. Decentralized file storage, smart contract platforms, privacy, and other sectors by which crypto coins were often segmented were both arbitrary and arguably nonsensical. Now, being a DeFi yield farmer or NFT speculator is arguably a full-time job, and you need or will soon need a small team just to keep up with one of those segments. That's an important development, and it's where private investment funds will have such a huge ongoing competitive advantage versus their generalist competitors. There are massive information asymmetries in protocol reporting standards and steep technical learning curve and limited risk management infrastructure. How do incumbents get compliance, legal, and accounting comfortable with some of these new structures that keep barriers to crypto investing high? Crypto funds are having the time of their lives right now, a dynamic that will likely continue well into the new year. 1.5. Permanent venture capital. In, up, and down. Never out. The amount of capital that has flooded into crypto this year is mind-boggling. The dedicated crypto funds have seen record new capital raises and record assets under management, from the appreciation of their core holdings. Some of the funds, looking at you, Multicoin, are likely among the best-performing investment firms of all time, which makes it easy to see why the group has had no trouble continuing to rake in cash. It's tough to comprehend the size of the private crypto fund market right now. When we raised $25 million for DCG in 2015, it was one of the biggest rounds in a crypto investment firm at that time. Today, firms like Polychain, Paradigm, A16Z, Multicoin, 3AC, and others are each managing billions of dollars, in some cases tens of billions of dollars or more, and investing $25 million a clip in their medium-sized deals. Hedge funds plan to deploy 7% of their assets into crypto within five years, and pensions are starting to buy direct too. Large capital allocators are continuing to move up the risk curve amidst a negative interest rate backdrop and most simply cannot afford to ignore crypto anymore. Crypto's $3 trillion of liquid value creation in 10 years now rivals that of all other venture-backed startups combined. 
institutional entrants have taken note, and it's likely they'll deploy capital in a way that could ensure we avoid crashes of similar depth and length to 2014-15 and 2018-19. When newcomers enter the space, that money tends to flow in two directions, in and down, not out. Capital may trickle down to higher beta, emerging tokens, but when it cycles back up, it often doesn't cycle out, except for taxes. Instead, it stops at Bitcoin, Ether, or Sol, or the crypto blue chips. If you'd prefer to stay away from direct exposure to tokens, that's okay. The need for token infrastructure has created a boom in crypto unicorns, which offers hedged exposure to the underlying asset class. According to Dovemetrics, we saw $8 billion of private investments across 423 deals in Q3. Nearly half of the $17.8 billion invested since the start of the year, which was already more than the previous six years combined. Nearly 90% of the largest deals in crypto's history have happened this year, and that's excluding the Coinbase direct listing. About 75% of the funding was deployed into infrastructure and centralized services, and that was before the FTX and DCG announcements and potentially imminent Binance funding announcement. The institutions are actually here this time. 1.6. How high can we fly? The crash, which we all know is coming, might be more muted than those of prior cycles. But how about the remaining upside? Even with the tailwinds we just discussed, doesn't it feel a little bit toppy? The $30 billion Shiba Inu market caps, the Times Square NFT billboards. I'll tell you which top signals I'm looking for starting with Bitcoin. Number one, Bitcoin. The king has no real rival. I'll elaborate why in chapter three. As a monetary asset with no earnings, it's an asset that is priced versus valued, which means it's almost always judged on a relative basis to its analog cousin gold. But there are fundamentals worth tracking for Bitcoin too. The best bogey may be the market value to realize value metric popularized by coin metrics. That's a ratio of free float Bitcoin market cap, coins that have moved in the past five years, to realize value, which sums the market price of each Bitcoin according to the time it last moved on chain. Market cap can stay the same while realized market cap spikes and vice versa. One is a snapshot of Bitcoin's stock time price. The other is a dynamic measure that brings flow into the equation as well. If you aren't a hodler and can't stomach four-year bear markets, then whenever MVRV hits three tends to be a good time to take gains. Sell a kidney or a newborn to buy when MVRV falls below one. In the three previous double bubbles, which you can really only see using a metric like MVRV since previous bubbles barely register on the price chart, the amount of time spent above three has gotten progressively shorter. In 2011, MVRV stayed above three for four months. In 2013, it was there for 10 weeks. In 2017, three weeks. Earlier this year, it was three days. If history were to repeat itself, what's that mean in dollar terms? Hitting an MVRV of three again this year would take us to the 100K, 125K range. Not bad. If things went completely bonkers beyond that, the next target for Bitcoin would be the gold market cap. At today's prices, parity with gold would bring us a 500k Bitcoin. So there may still be a 10x investment opportunity there. But even that moon case offers a relatively low ceiling compared to Bitcoin's historical returns, unless of course the ceiling completely disappears, which means fiat currencies have failed and we've defaulted to pricing things in Bitcoin, one Bitcoin equaling one Bitcoin. Number two, Ethereum. There's been a lot of flippening talk from ETH megabulls recently. Could ETH overtake Bitcoin this cycle? Unlikely. 
not with Ethereum's persistent scaling challenges and its layer one competitors and the willingness of infrastructure companies and application builders alike to embrace the likelihood of a multi-chain future. I continue to think it's more interesting to consider whether layer one platforms collectively flip in Bitcoin in much the same way that the FAMGA market caps have overtaken M1. How about more generally speaking? Could ETH overtake Microsoft, Apple, or Google? That would be a 3 to 5x from here. Could it eclipse all five combined? That would be a 15 to 20x, which feels like a tall order even if ETH at 5% of FAMGA market cap feels cheap. FAMGA being the acronym for Facebook, Apple, Microsoft, Google, and Amazon, the five biggest stocks in the NASDAQ. Number three, Solana and others. The new it girl of crypto is gunning for the number three spot in crypto market cap at $60 billion. But then again, so is Polkadot at $40 billion and Avalanche at $30 billion. If the thesis for these alternative layer one protocols is that they are higher beta plays than ETH that will eat into Ethereum's market share dominance, then you're forced to ask, what about Terra at $16 billion, Polygon at $12 billion, Algorand at $11 billion, and Cosmos at $7 billion? The relative value trades all come down to business development wins or app distribution and recruiting wins. Can you attract developers to build on non-Ethereum blockchains? The Ethereum killers all have the money to compete aggressively, but as an investor, your choices are either to pick winners or to buy the basket short Ethereum layer one dominance. Either way, these assets tether to ETH. Number four, DeFi. Long DeFi, short the bankers. Am I right? Despite DeFi's monstrous 2020 run, DeFi trades at less than 1% of the global bank's market cap, which shows how much upside remains long-term. Prices have stalled for some of the top DeFi protocols, but if you have conviction that crypto capital markets will displace centralized institutions at an accelerating clip, it may offer better risk-reward opportunities than elsewhere in the market today. That said, inter-protocol competition is fierce. Regulatory scrutiny is coming. Technical vulnerabilities are pervasive. Systemic defaults could cripple the entire market, and high gas fees are crippling the unit economics. By many metrics, price to sale and price to earnings, DeFi remains compelling, but the math only works for whales right now. Number five, NFTs. Given the fact that they're non-fungible and illiquid, it can be difficult to ascribe any sort of reliable market cap to the NFT sector. DappRadar estimated NFT market cap at $14 billion in early September, a number that has risen since. Given the design space that NFTs have opened up for the entire crypto user economy, the long-term size and scope of this segment is scary big. Meltem points to LVMH, $375 billion, while Suzu thinks we'll see 10% of crypto, which is $225 billion today in NFT market cap. I don't think they're off, but that may speak more to the opportunity for NFT creators and infrastructure builders than it does to the investability of most specific NFT projects. Number seven, surviving winter. If you couldn't tell by now, we like the coins. We like them for the long term and the short term, but it's the medium term that can get you. From what height do we crash sounds like a nice problem to have, but until you've lived through a crypto winter, you don't actually get it. Many will lose faith and won't be able to stomach the soul-crushing multi-year grind lower that is a crypto winter. Wow, the government might actually regulate this out of existence. 
It's just too early for these products. And of course, I told you this was a bubble will be among the drumbeat of negativity you can expect to hear parroted by critics. In addition to eating big paper or real losses, you'll see people have breakdowns, go bankrupt due to over leverage or poor tax planning, quit otherwise promising projects, turn nasty, depressed, or apathetic, and generally lose sight of the long-term potential of crypto. To make matters worse, the next bear market will be a regulatory nightmare, and we won't have the bull market vibes to help defend ourselves against all of the consumer protection, fraud and abuse, systemic risk, ESG, and illicit activity FUD that our enemies will throw at us. At the same time, the grassroots crypto herd will thin because it's tougher to wage war when you've lost 90% of your savings and need to go find a real job again. Sounds harsh? Is harsh. But maybe it won't be quite as bad this time. The first order of business post-crash will be to go back to sections 1 through 6 and determine if you still believe those theses are true. Is the centralized world still crumbling? Does Web3 offer an optimistic bet on the future? Are the building blocks of the new frontier, bridges, DAOs, NFTs, still worthy of large investments during the next installation phase? Will it be easier to find fundamentally strong products in the next down cycle? Is there still abundant capital available to fund everything interesting? And do you still believe the high watermarks are attainable in a five to 10 year time span? If you remain confident, put on a helmet, embrace the cold, and take heed of these winter survival tips. Unwind leverage early, cash out tax obligations when incurred, but for the love of God, do not try to time the top. On leverage, this should be self-explanatory. If you are not a professional trader, your leverage is merely a cash transfer to those who are. Crypto is volatile enough. With plenty of remaining upside, you don't need to push your luck here and blow your entire personal balance sheet. On taxes, most people understand that they shouldn't rack up credit card debt to purchase doggy coins, but will also totally overlook the leverage they take on by not planning in December, sell what they must to cover tax liabilities. If you start at January 1, 2021 with 10K, it swells to an actively traded 100K by December 31st and then tanks to 25K January 1, 2022. You owe the government more money than you have. Thanks for playing. On shorts, please do not short. If you're right, you'll likely fail to time the top and blow yourself up. When you lose, everyone will celebrate your demise and dance on your grave while they are getting rich. It will make you sad. Even if you win, no one likes you, and you'll lose long term. I don't make the rules, just here to help. And one more thing for the falling knife catchers who think, wow, this will be great. I can't wait to buy discounted coins in the next bear market. Crypto can always go lower than you think for longer than you think, and it will. Crypto meme trading and reflexivity are a hell of a drug. When the music stops, you'll see the painful withdrawal, and it takes some time to detox. If you're a young team managing a token treasury or a balance sheet for the first time, do what you can to protect yourself and your team from the nuclear fallout of a crash. A lot of teams are being idiots with their treasuries and setting themselves up to fail in their most important job as capital stewards. Don't fuck up the money. If you're an aspiring Web3 employee, it's never a bad idea to work on building indispensable products at foundational companies with big war chests. The get-rich-quick crowd will evaporate, but the next cycle's unicorns will get built during the doldrums of winter. It's amazing how much success in crypto comes down to staying power. We're all going to make it is 
a fun bull market meme, but it's much more important to be able to scream, we'll survive when everyone is laughing at you, the market is down 80%, competitors are going bankrupt, and the customers are cold. Ask recruiters about their company's runway and cash on hand before you sign. Most should be pretty well off at this point. The time to go all in with crypto on your balance sheet was last year. I'd be more cautious here. 10-year and 10-hour thinking only. 1.8. Public options. Coinbase opens the floodgates. Will coins outperform the companies that support them? As impressive as Coinbase's rise to $70 billion has been, it has barely kept pace with Bitcoin as an investment since the company's Series B in 2013. They're not alone. Other crypto infrastructure blue chips have also struggled to keep pace with the underlying public assets. In Bitcoin terms, Decacorn investment firm Digital Currency Group is a veritable crypto capital incinerating machine, down 80% in Bitcoin terms since 2015. The numbers get even uglier if you compare companies to layer one tokens like ETH. On the other hand, Binance's BNB tokens appreciated to historic heights within four years, in large part because BNB incentivized new users to sign up for the exchange platform in return for a proxy claim on 20% of Binance's earning powers. BNB sits at $90 billion plus in market cap, while the broader company is worth three to four times that. Crypto's IPOs and ETFs may be more important for attracting institutions and strengthening crypto's mainstream narrative than they are for helping retail investors access the returns of the space. Coinbase could be a trillion-dollar company. The Beto ETF was the fastest-ever ETF to amass $1 billion in investor capital. Nice, but those public stocks are like crypto's college diplomas. They may matter to your parents, but not so much to your friends who can access better crypto-native vehicles, including tokenized exchanges and indices instead. The best part about the new public stocks, Coin and Beto, is the free marketing and insight crypto-natives get from their filings. With Coinbase, you can track their non-trading lines to get a good sense for which hosted services are up and coming. SBF likes the free Intel, too. With Beto and the future ETFs, we get top-tier PR collateral with which we can relentlessly slap SEC Chair Gary Gensler in the face and expose him as a fraud. So there are some benefits to having public stonks in addition to tokens. Ooh, baby, I'm just getting warmed up. Read Chapter 4 for more about Goldman Gary and Chapter 5 for more about these unconscionable ETF products. 1.9. Copy trading. We are going to make it. Sometimes you have to not overthink things. Crypto trading tends to be social and mematic. Just look at how quickly retail traders ape into new projects backed by some of the industry's most successful investors. Capital is also highly fluid. Billions of dollars have been made this year pursuing the hot ball of money trades, i.e. chasing momentum as it shifts from sector to sector, asset to asset, and meme to meme. The role of venture in crypto is changing, and it rewards builders and fast followers. Because the markets are inefficient and reflexive, it makes sense to press winners and offload losers. As Sol rallied, more investment flooded into its ecosystems. The asset earned more comparisons to ETH, new applications attracted more buzz, and the virtuous cycle continued. This is what the top traders fuel, even if skeptics think these patterns resemble Ponzi's. There are rhythms to the crypto market as well. If Bitcoin leads, then alt season is probably right around the corner. Because people now believe this to be true, and because it makes intuitive sense to diversify down the stack, 
The rotation even happens more quickly and reliably these days. There's literally a path to alt-season guide, and some would argue that trading narrative momentum in crypto really is as simple as strong Bitcoin, stronger ETH, strongest small caps. You can listen to FTX as they explain how to trade the everything bubble or read some of the more prolific investors update their theses in real time on Twitter. Or you can look at the top 20 funds and compare and contrast what they hold and crowdsource your portfolio. Before we get into section two, this is a great time to mention Masari Enterprise. Unlock the full potential of Masari with Enterprise. We monitor key sources and channels for all the top products to give you the best insight. Get instant updates and analysis of all major events, changes, or decisions around protocols. Masari Enterprise makes it seamless to receive real-time updates on 150-plus assets directly into your Slack workspace. Sort and filter events using a detailed classification and prioritization system. Visualize all covered events in three different views, calendar timeline, news feed, and downloadable database. You can learn more at masari.io backslash enterprise, and you can get 15% off with the offer code theses underscore 2022. Section 1.10, copy trading, we like the coins, disclosures, not financial advice. Our analyst team discloses their holdings on a monthly basis. The team is getting bigger, so the section is getting longer, but all analysts below have outlined, one, their current 5% plus portfolio holdings, two, top picks from 2021 and how they performed, if applicable, and three, their highest conviction ideas for 2022. This is not financial advice, so don't sue us for trying to be transparent about potential conflicts. Also, don't take portfolio advice from 2-Bit Idiot. Past performance is not indicative of future results, yada, yada, yada. For a full breakdown of our analyst holdings, please refer to pages 19 and 20 in the PDF version of the theses. For prone enterprise users, you can see the full portfolio from last year in your screener tool under the heading Masari Research 2021 Picks.